From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Everyday Driver Car Debate podcast. If you haven't gotten, uh, if you haven't gleaned what we're doing by now, this is Todd and I deciding what car we think you should buy. And that is based really solely on what you tell us when you write in, either on Facebook or emailing us directly. We want to know what car you're shopping for, what's your budget, what's your price, what kinds of things are in your life that would help yeah. us determine what car we think you should buy. And tell us a little bit about you. I mean, this this sprang from a very organic place. I mean, this, this for a while, we've had you guys writing to us every now and then with these debates. You just included us in them, and we finally decided instead of just responding individually to each of you as fast as we could, which was typically kind of slow, <laughs> instead slow. of just doing that, we could do it better by both being involved and sharing it not only with you who have written in, but with all of you that are listening. So please yep. keep doing that. Thank you guys for responding so well to this. We're having a blast with it. Yeah, and to your point, this really went back a long time uh, where the show sprang out of, and that was yeah. friends and family yeah, yeah. asking both Todd and I, saying, hey, I'm thinking about getting a new car. I don't really know what I like or what kind of driver or buyer I am. Would you go with me to the dealership or go you know, to a private owner? I want to drive a particular car. I'm interested in this. I'm interested in that. I don't really know, though. Would you come help me figure that out? And that's and why even, we're doing what we're doing. Even then, we often disagreed. <laughs> Which was interesting, yes. We did. But, so. but I should I should also say right here, look, we, we want to include you guys in this conversation. Thank you for those of you that have written into us about various things. Once you hear the podcast, you've written in and said, hey, wait a minute, you forgot this. You didn't do that. Right. We're not claiming to be infallible here. We're going to do our best based on what strikes us off the top of our head. We want to speak off the stuff that we've driven, and we want you guys to go drive these recommendations. We are not saying, go drive this car. We're saying, go do test drives of these cars. See what speaks to you, because that's the key thing. Of course, and really, that comes back to having that knowledge in your hip pocket. So when you go drive the next car, or you finally find the car that you really didn't know you were a fan of, you've got that knowledge in your hip pocket, and you can say, yeah, but yep. I've driven this other yep. competitor, and I know why I like this car. I know why I've chosen it because you've driven something else. And so we try to keep things interesting, and hopefully we've got some pretty interesting ones for today's podcast. And the first one comes from Jenny in Utah. Yep. She's in her late 20s and married with no kids yet, but maybe on the horizon, and currently driving a Saturn L200. And I'm going to say mm -hmm. right now, anybody <laughs> who steps out of a Saturn L200 into anything else is going to be happy. <laughs> I we'll can't get believe anybody's still driving that car. I can't wait to get back to that one. We will get back to that. And continuing on with our second car debate for today. And that comes from, uh, let's see here. That is Alex out in Pennsylvania. And he's written a long list of cars that he's driven, yes. cars that he's considering. He also has a long car ownership history, which I also find good because people that have owned mm -hmm. and driven a mm -hmm. lot of cars in their life they are particularly open to other makes and different things because they've had such a, a vast driving experience. So yeah, we're going to debate some, about that some fun commuting cars for things. him. Yep. A lot of specific things from Alex. But first, we're going to do something new that actually comes from our recent uh, GTR Evo piece. 
And one of the conversations that started to spring up after that was, was okay, if not the GTR, then what? So we're going to kind of create not a regular segment, but if you guys raise these questions, we're going to try to speak to it, kind of an if not something, then what? And this is a great way to take out the obvious choice and talk about other things we might not bring up in case we're talking about, let's say, the Fiesta ST too much. Take the Fiesta ST out of the equation, then what? But specifically related to that piece we released recently with the GTR and the Evo, the question this evening is for us, and I'm excited to debate this, if not the GTR, and that one we drove was $110,000, if yeah. not the GTR, then what? What other single car for one hundred and ten grand would we buy? And this has been an interesting discussion point started by you guys. Yes, I really like this because this, again, it, it takes that particular car out of the equation because that really is the choice at that point. We've we've discussed a car ad nauseum, whatever that might yep. be, and yep. then we've got to get to something else and say, well, if not that, if for all these reasons that you're debating and you don't like it, well, then tell us what would you buy instead. So, 110 grand is actually pretty up there in terms of choices. Yep. I mean, this leaves a pretty wide open range of things we could buy with that money. And I'm also not going to say, okay, buy a $50,000 car and save your money and go on a European vacation. No, we're going to spend all of that money on a car and get something really fun and amazing. That's the key thing, is we're trying to spend that money on a different automobile. Maybe we've got a little bit of change in the pocket, but the idea here is to just kind of, okay, go spend that money elsewhere and quote-unquote spend it better for us is essentially the debate. So I'm going to dive in here. I've got three on my brain. Really? All right. I've yeah, got three as um, well, but we're okay. specifically the GTR, and that's off the map, and you've got this money in your pocket. What say you? Well... The one I'm going to mention first because I think it is the least uh, least good Comparo, only because I actually don't think it's expensive enough. That may sound crazy. But a loaded-out, brand-new Cayman GTS. Now, that probably comes in at about 95 or so. So now I haven't spent all my money. Oh, woe is me. But... <laughs> The, you get you know, to pay I'm, your I'm tax a fan bill. of the Yay. exactly. Save that for later. It will be needed. Tires, etc. Moving on. Right. No, but but uh, the loaded out Cayman uh, GTS. I mean, obviously, we love the Cayman. This is the new, latest, and greatest Cayman. A little bit more powerful. A little bit more refined and sharp. That would be my first choice. But I will acknowledge it's not a direct, if not then what car because it's not quite as much money. It's a slight sure. step down in status. But man, that car would be so much fun at that kind of cash. That's really interesting because you're right. It doesn't have to be necessarily a direct apples to apples. You know, no, no, the no. GTR is all wheel drive and it's got this much power, and you don't have to find a car in that category that that handles. I mean, it's an unbelievable car. We've driven it. We're very impressed with it. But we're if you've watched that review, and if you haven't, turn off your ad blockers, please do. <laughs> but when you do, nicely done. <laughs> thank you. When you do watch that review. Note that Todd and I are going after fun, and so I can definitely see that being in that category. So, yeah, keep going. This is interesting. Okay. Uh, probably a better competitor, still out of the Porsche lineup. I actually think this is probably my first choice. If I was looking for a driver's car and it wasn't the GTR at one hundred and ten grand, I would go 997 generation, 911 GT3. Now, for that kind of money, you couldn't get the RS, but a GT3 you could get. Six speed, no back seats. Now the GT3 doesn't have the roll cage, which I'm actually fine, whatever. But it's so it's not quite the RS. It's not the full raw experience. But that RS40 we drove is one of my favorite cars I've ever driven. Period. And again, 
I'm not the 911 guy of the two of us. I'm not even the Porsche guy of the two of us. But that the, the GT3, 997 generation GT3 would be such a driver's car to just enjoy on a road, to enjoy in a canyon, to enjoy on a track. It's involving. That six-speed's amazing. I think that is probably the winner for me. Wow, that sounds so tempting. I really, really like that. And that RS. Yeah, we drove the 4.0. Uh, just the GT3 would have less power. And funny yeah. enough, it's that GT3 that is the big battle between guys who race their Nissan GTR and they talk about spanking Porsche GT3s all over the track and this and that. But yeah. man, yeah. there is something to be said for the driving experience. And the people who have driven that love how sharp and connected to the road that is. And it does come back to a feeling when you're driving that car. And I am the Porsche guy. I like that so much. <laughs> okay, so my my last one I, is is more okay. Let's go a little bit less hardcore, but I love this car. Hundred and ten grand. You get yourself probably have to go a little bit used, but get yourself a really nice Audi R eight. Yeah, I. Funny enough, that's at the top of my list. Oh, really? Okay. Of, all right. Of the three that I've got, and I, I was looking around and I thought, all right, in the O nine range, I don't know that that money would get you into the V ten. Honestly, I doubt it. I doubt it. Yes, it would be great to have that much more power, but Todd and I drove this 08, I think it was an 08 or 09 R8 early ago, on yeah. in the show. And we had actual track time with this car, and it was a six speed manual, and mm -hmm. we came away mm -hmm. flat out impressed. Okay, numbers say 420 horsepower, you're down on power. Fine. Wow, was yeah. that car just Loads of fun. a pleasure of fun. to Great drive. presence, good interior. That's, that's quite a car, especially for the money. So, okay, so that's one of, your, one of your three. What are the other two? You know, interestingly, I thought, all right, that R8 shared a platform. It was the Gallardo. And I went mm. looking and thought, could you? Could you actually do that? And I did find in the earlier generations, the Gallardo has been around for 10 years now. They're yeah, too just long, frankly. starting the, the new Huracan. Which is the replacement for <laughs> You that just car. like to say it that way, just I for the hell of do. it. Keep I, going, keep going. <laughs> you know, you got to say it from the heart. It's, you know. M moving on, moving on. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I looked around and I found the 0607 models for about that price, just over 100 grand. And I thought, wow, okay, that is a unique car. You won't see yourself coming and going. That is a supercar at that point. Gardo yeah. is a 200 mile an hour car. Easy, flat yeah, out. I, I can't imagine that would be that rewarding, though, if we got into it. I, that's just my opinion. But, uh, you know, okay, keep going, maintenance keep could going. be an issue. I mean, suddenly you're dealing with an Italian exotic at that point. But for the money, that could yeah. be interesting. And then, to no one's surprise, there is a Porsche on the list. And <laughs> I did, I actually didn't research this exactly, but the prior generation, the 997 generation 911 yeah. Turbo, not uh -huh. sure if you can get those for 110. You might have to go back a little bit. But I thought those turbos are could. flat out phenomenal. We yeah. love driving all the Porsches and you know having the turbo. That's also the car that gets compared to the GTR a lot. Um, sure, yeah. You know, yeah. all wheel I mean, drive, similar, twin look, turbo. It's the all wheel drive. It's the PDK. It's the yeah. Yep. It's it's the much more apples to apples with the GTR. I see how you got there. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So that was the third car on my list. And any okay. of this, any of the ones we've chosen, that gosh, that could be. 
a lot so of fun, I'm gonna so. I'm gonna pull us down from the fantasy stratosphere now and let's actually do a car debate for real money shall we wow <laughs> and and this is pulling us to the extreme other end but you know that's exactly. what we love to do because it it's good it's good exercise here. so so Jenny Jenny wrote to us she lives in Utah she is uh, well first off we're, we're glad to have women write in I mean that's obviously the the exception yeah, not absolutely. the rule but we're thrilled to have that happen she wrote into us and this is uh, I'm sorry this is not an enthusiast discussion but it's an interesting discussion because it is so different than other things we've talked about she's in her 20s she's married she'll probably have kids at some point she currently drives as paul said before a saturn l200 sedan how are any of those still running i don't know but if i had sound effects that included retching i'd play them right now because wow i understand why you got into that car it was inexpensive but when saturn's arrived on the market it really concerned the japanese and as soon as they bought one and tore it apart Everyone breathed a sigh of relief because they knew at that point <laughs> there was no competition to the Japanese cars. We're doing cars. fine. So she's looking for a new commute car. This is not supposed to be a fun car. She doesn't drive for fun. She needs good gas mileage, reliability, ease of use. It is an appliance to her. The frustration she's had with the Saturn has been it's starting to cost her money and frustration because it's not running well. Now, I'm surprised it's run this long. But Plus, you're driving a Saturn. Having. I mean, the frustration then is then inherent little, if you drive a Saturn. Then there's this little side note that I think is so funny. She'd love to have a Tesla Model S. Of course, it's shockingly out of her well, budget. Her budget's, you know, 20 grand or so. But she'd love to have a Tesla Model S. So it's like, okay, I see where you'd like to be. But you're dealing with 20 grand, 300 a month, somewhere in that is her budget range. So she's coming at us going, what do you think? And... <laughs> I'd like to have a Tesla Model S. Twenty grand is options on a Tesla Model S. That gets you the P eighty five plus. And the yeah, that's the difference between getting into one at the base model and getting into the one you probably want. <laughs> so anyway, so here we are. So the the obvious things come up. I mean, she's mentioned the obvious thing of should she get a Prius, and then what is the feeling on the Nissan Leaf? So I want to speak to those two. I want to add one, but okay. uh, jump in here at any point, Paul. I mean, first off, the the Prius is that is appliance personified. You know, it's a perfectly good car. It is an appliance. It is a driving appliance. It is. And every time I talk to somebody who has purchased a Prius or drives a Prius for whatever reasons, I mean, first of all, I say I'm not sure if we can be friends. Second of all, <laughs> they will admit that they're not having fun. The reason they got it was for fuel savings. I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is a step past that. And it's not a big leap to just enjoying the car you're in. And I would rather walk than own a Prius. Honestly, I just, I cannot say buy a Prius because there are so many better options. Now, the Leaf is interesting. I'm generally not necessarily a fan of the car. I mean, first of all, it's ugly. But I looked into this. The problem I'm seeing with the Leaf right now is the Nissan website claims it's got a starting MSRP of $29,000, which doesn't put you in the $300 a month budget range. But then you get into the discussion of the tax credit that it offers. What's interesting about this tax credit is the LEAF is eligible for that full $7,500 tax credit because it's based on the battery capacity, not the range of the car. Whereas the Prius is only allowed the maximum tax credit of $2,500. It's got a larger range, but the battery capacity is smaller. Hmm. So therefore... Yes, net price of about $21,000 after your tax savings, but you don't feel that on a month-to-month basis. You feel it at the end of the year. 
I think they may still be doing this. The reason I actually, I would say Leaf for Jenny. I have a wild card in a minute, but I would say All Leaf right. for Jenny, and here's why. Twofold. The, the space age feel of the Tesla, the, oh my gosh, I have no gas, oh my gosh, this has an electric whir, this feels like a car from the future, there are, there, there's, there's little vestiges of that in the Leaf. So that exists. You don't have the range. It's not nearly as good a car. Come on, it's, it's you know, a fifth of the cost. But So some of that stuff exists in the Leaf, which is kind of cool. And for a while, and I think they're still doing it, Nissan was offering a killer lease deal on this car mm-hmm. for like 200 bucks a month. Now, it was a couple yeah. grand down, but 200 bucks a month for that car. I know a guy actually got into that deal, and he could not be happier because, of course, it's costing him, like I think, $10 a month in electric. Wow. So he's spending roughly $210 a month on his car, all in, to commute in it, and he could not be happier. Now, I wouldn't be that happy, but if it's a commute vehicle, I think that's a great choice. That's well within your budget. It is that kind of latest technology. And here's the other reason I say that. Because it is latest technology, it's like a phone. It's something in a few years that's going to be outdated. You're going to want to get rid of it. I think a lease is a great option for that reason, too, because in two years you can turn it in and just go, I don't care anymore. It becomes... I hate to say this, disposable in the same way that a lot of modern electronics are. So I feel like the leaf as a lease is a great idea. But my quick quick wild card, though, is you have to look at the Volt. It is a better car than the Prius. It has the all-purpose usability that the leaf lacks. It does not, of course, run on electric all the time. It depends a lot on how long your commute is. If your commute's longer than 30 miles, well, yes, you're going to be using a little bit of gas every day. But trust me, if you got in the Prius, the Leaf, and the Volt back-to-back, the Volt would by far feel like the superior car to drive. Yeah, we did like driving the, the Volt as a real car. A couple of interesting thoughts for you here. That Volt, well... Yeah, it it feels more like a substantial car. And the reason we're saying that is because even though everybody says, yeah, I only need a commuter car, inevitably, at some point, you might need that car for something else besides commuting. You might need it for, I've got to run errands and haul a load of whatever, or we are taking a family trip, and that was the only car that we had available for various reasons. So, yes, Mm -hmm, commute, mm -hmm. but if it does other things well, too, besides that, then that's a bonus. The other thing I was thinking about is any of the three cars that we're talking about here, they afford you the carpool lane access. And if you are commuting, that is a huge benefit versus anything else we recommend. Yeah, you get that carpool lane access and you get it in California, you get it in Utah. Many states do this now. And that is a huge benefit. So Mm -hmm, mm it reduces your overall commute time. And I love the lease idea, too. So it could be really interesting. But I've got uh, another wild card, too, for you. You could find possibly a a good enough lease on the Volt to keep it down in your price range. I think for a while uh, Chevy was offering about a $300 a month lease on the Volt. Now, that's obviously 100 more than the Leaf. But it's a lot more usable car. I don't know if you have another car available. The thing about it is if you have a Leaf you pretty much need another car. Unless you never leave your city, you need right. another car. Right. So that's the downside to the Leaf. The Volt could be your only family car. The downside of the Volt, I will acknowledge, is it is only four seats. The Prius and the Leaf both have a back bench. If that's an, if that's an issue, keep that in mind. But the, but the Volt is only a four-seat vehicle, so that is a downside. But that would certainly be my first choice for you. Interesting. Well, if you're listening and you've got a Leaf... I'd actually like to hear from you because we have not talked to enough people that own them. I know they're selling fairly well for Nissan. 
to my great surprise because they're ugly, but I'd be curious to hear what your experience is, is with that car just because, yeah, it is a compelling option here. The downside is it's not going to really work for road trips. So no, it'd be really interesting to and hear. I don't, I don't know that they are selling well. I mean, I feel like... I feel like they've sold well enough, but I don't think they're really a success. I don't think they'd be offering this killer lease deal if they were really a success. I mean, I feel like it's one of those early adopter cars where a bunch of people jumped in initially, and as soon as you serve that market, it's now crickets because everybody that wanted them got them, and now they're sitting on the lot and nobody, nobody cares. But that is a killer lease deal, I will have to say. And I think as a way to try out the technology and to turn it back in, why not? Interesting. A couple of quick wild cards here for you, Jenny. And the first one is, I'm going diesel. Diesels are mm. really appearing more and more across car manufacturers, and Americans are accept- accepting them more and more. I mean, if you go to Europe, obviously, everybody drives them. They get great gas mileage, and in, they're in a lot of small sure. cars. Sure. Hard to find over here, but Volkswagen Golf, the new TDI, we had a chance to drive a fully loaded one. But on the website, you could get into one for right around $22,000. So that might That's be within point. your budget. She could and, almost go new, yeah. I mean, yeah, brand new, and they're claiming 45 miles a gallon on the highway. So Yeah, that's killer. Yeah, that's killer. you don't get the, the uh, commute lane benefit, but 45 MPG, that has mm-hmm. got to be up there with some of the best from Toyota, like the Prius. That's, can't be, and, if, and if that's can't be out that of your price range, start walking your way backwards into used market just chasing that TDI engine. I mean, just about anything right. it's in gets great gas mileage and has been very reliable. That's a really good, reliable engine and platform for, for VW. So everybody that I know that's had a TDI raves about it uh, because it's got perfect commute-style engine. It's got that, that diesel torque right off the line, so it feels like it's got a huge punch away from the light. The weirdest thing is it shifts about thirty five hundred four grand. But sure. it, you know, once you get up to, to freeway speeds, it's getting amazing gas mileage. That's great. I think I say just chase the TDI engine if you're going to go that route. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is it's a real car. Yes, you can use it for oh, yeah, commuting, yeah. but you can fit real people in there. Fold the seats <laughs> down. You can get gear in there. I mean, yeah. that's a real car. A couple other quick options for you are the brand new Mazda two. Yes, it's small, but it's very inexpensive. Fully loaded, it's like sixteen grand. But if you wanted a little more space, we did like driving the new Mazda 3. You wouldn't even need to go with the larger engine. You could stick with the 155 horsepower engine, get good Mm -hmm, gas mm -hmm. mileage, and they're right around 20 grand. So that's a couple Mm -hmm. of brand new options for you. We like what Mazda's doing. Yeah. Uh, The 2 is tiny, but again, if. The 2 is really little. (laughs) You know, again, if commuting is your only thing, you do have another car, you do have some other options. Could be an interesting choice. so, so yeah, those are my uh, couple of wild cards there. Interesting. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from Jenny at some point, but uh, I just recommended a leaf <coughs> uh, to somebody. So anyway, there that happened. Yeah, what's uh, up but with let, that? Let's move on to Alex because Alex wants to talk about more performance cars than that, and that feels a little bit more in what we should be discussing. Uh, Alex like is writing too. to us from uh, from Pennsylvania, and uh, and he uh, is a big fan of the show. He's twenty nine. He drives about thirty to thirty five thousand miles a year. He's got an hour long commute each way. Wow. Alex, you drive, man. That is shocking, to be honest with you. So he's looking for something he'd like to have be fun. Currently, he has a Honda Civic LXS sedan, and it is essentially boring him to sleep. It's a perfectly good car. Yeah, you're not having any problems with it, and of course you're not. It's a Honda Civic. It's a normal (laughs) Honda Civic automatic. It's going to run in spite of you, not because of you. Uh, But he just wants something more fun than this. 
but it still has to be good on gas mileage and has to be reliable and cheap to run. Alex, you've got quite the car history here, and I want to go through this just briefly. Just, I'm amazed by the diversity that you've got it's in a, here. It's a big list. you got to go quick, but it's a fascinating list. All right, so your first car, 2003 Mazda Protégé. Yes, those are pretty reliable. Needed something more fun, and I am amazed to see in here. You had a 99 BMW M3 Coupe with a 5-speed. I am sorry to hear that it left you stranded and was a drain on your wallet, but man, yeah, talk about fun, rear-wheel drive car. I mean, that's the um, E36 model, so uh, that was, you know, gosh. that's an older car at this point, and certainly has been outclassed, but I'm glad you got into something like that and enjoyed it so much. That's great. I, I'm wondering if that was the car that sort of lit the fire for really something that's got to be fun. But Possibly. then you went into an O2 Acura RSX. Okay, I've heard those are pretty fun. Front-wheel drive, pretty good gas mileage. After that was an 06 Subaru WRX wagon. Hmm, who else do we know that owns one yeah. of those? I have no, I've no idea what you're talking about there. I can't imagine uh, I like that car. But, I but can't here's think the thing. of anybody. That, that, R, that, RX, that RSX was is actually a surprisingly good front-wheel drive car. The WRX you enjoyed, but the gas mileage was too low. And I, I can't say that I blame you there because it's, it's low 20s on the highway. I mean, it really is, 24, 25 maybe on the highway. So that brings you to your gets great gas mileage, but everything else is boring mm-hmm. me, current Honda Civic. So, okay, fun to, fun to drive, good on gas, cheap to run. And it's got to do this highway commute. And you've asked for manual just to give you engagement with the car. So uh, congratulations. We're applauding you for adding that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting stuff you're considering and are throwing out here. You got anything on this, Paul? Yeah. I. You know, sometimes both Todd and I come up with a laundry list of cars you, could, you should go drive, and that just depends on budget. Other times, like right now, I'm going to try to do this with one car. I'm gonna try. Are you, you're gonna you're gonna sniper shot it. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm braced, man. Go for I'm it. I'm calling the ball. I'm trying All to right. do the sniper thing here. You've got to at least try this. I did notice you've got the suggestions of things you're considering, which I will name, and that's the 04 to 08 Acura TSX with the six mm-hmm. speed. Mm-hmm. Yes, that could be interesting. Again, front wheel drive. But then you're back to the BMW thing, 2010, 2011. Yes, that would be used. Yes, it's a German car and could possibly be another financial drain on your wallet. But it could still be fun. But, (laughs) oh, by the way, things you've driven and didn't like, Nissan 350Z, don't blame you there. And finally, the Volkswagen or any Volkswagen product, like the GTIs. All right, all right. So yeah, you 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 pretty much put the kibosh on anything that is a Volkswagen product. Otherwise, the GTI is kind of an obvious recommendation, but you're not a fan of them. So okay, so it takes that out. That's fine. So all right, sniper shot, Paul. Go for it. I want right. to hear this. All right, here we go. And uh, right. I, I'm I'm gonna try to get I'm, I'm gonna try to really nail this one. Stop! And that stop! Is... Stop circling. Land the damn plane, man. Let's go. All right, here we go. It is the Hyundai Genesis Coupe, either the 2010 or the mm. 2011, with either engine, either the two-liter or the 3.8. If you can find one for 20 grand in there, because that was your price point at the very yeah. top end. But yeah. I even found a 2013, the two-liter turbo with 23,000 miles for $19,500, mm. and that was the model year changeover when they improved the styling, in my opinion. They improved a lot of things about it. Get it with the manual transmission. It's rear-wheel drive. It's a fun car, and Todd and I huh. drove that particular car 
on our PCH Tour with two other really fun cars, but we still liked that car a lot. And that's the car I think you should go drive at the very least. Well, you're playing. You're playing to that. That that's a that I would not have gone there. You're playing to that car's strengths. I mean, our Pacific Coast Highway piece against the Lotus Elise and the FRS, frankly, was not playing to that car's strengths. Having it no. as a commuter car that has a little bit of a fun attitude is playing to that car's strengths. So that's fascinating. I I actually okay. All right. There, there's two things that sparks in me that were on my list. All One, right. Go. I put the Infiniti G37 Coupe, a used one of those, on this list. You can ah. probably find one. It is the nicer version of the Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Now, I will True. say this. The Genesis Coupe is going to kill it in gas mileage. That uh, G37 Coupe has a V6. It can be a little bit thirsty. I, w- I would double-check your miles per gallon on that because it frankly might not be enough. It might not uh, might not get high enough in the... Because t- you're wanting high 20s is what you said is your bottom. I, I don't know right. if it will hit that, but... When you said you didn't like the 350Z, I thought, well, okay, what about the Infiniti G37 Coupe? Six-speed, stylish, good engine, might not pull it off on gas mileage. For this kind of money, you could get yourself a Hyundai Veloster. Front-wheel drive. You could probably get a brand-new one. Front-wheel drive. It is an interesting car to drive. It is far more interesting to drive than your Civic. No, it's not a dedicated sports car. But when we had one, we were pleasantly surprised by it. Interesting to look at. I mean, some people don't like the styling. It, I got that weird three-door thing. I mean, it's oddball, but that's kind of its charm. Interesting. Uh, you couldn't get the Velocity Turbo for that money, I, could you? I think you got to be 22 and up for that for that turbo. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's by the time you're out the door, you're low 20s, mid 20s. I'd have to look it up here, but I don't have the site up. But but I'm almost positive. But I feel confident you get yourself a Veloster for your 20 grand range. Maybe you get a six month old, uh, you know, one year old one. But I, I think you could do that in that same sure. six month, one year old thing. You could do a used FRS. Now I don't know that that's a good highway commute car. You might find it loud. I it actually doesn't bother me, but it does bug Paul. So I got to acknowledge that. Yeah, um, maybe you could go that route. I think. Uh, look, candidly, the Genesis is probably a better choice than the FRS in this discussion. It probably is a better choice. Two complete wild cards, though. I have to go there. Wow. Well, with any anything that we suggest, please write back in. If you decide something, and especially if you buy a car that we recommend, please let us know. We would love yeah. to know this, and for the reasons why too. Maybe it's you know totally different reasons than we're thinking of here, but. If you buy something and you love it, please write us back. We would love hang, to Hang know. on, hang on. I, I got to pull out some crazy wild cards here, though. One, Honda Accord Coupe, the six-speed. We just drove Ooh. it. If you're going to bring out the Acura TSX as the discussion point, may as well look at the Honda Accord Coupe. You could find it. It's going to run forever. It's got a good six-speed in it. Gets decent gas mileage. May as well consider it. And the craziest one of the bunch. Uh-oh. You've mentioned you like German cars. Okay. You're going to have to shop very smart. Base Porsche Cayman. Not the S, the base. That thing's going to get 29 or so miles to the gallon on the highway. It will be reliable unless something goes wrong. That's any car. What I mean by that is when you have to do maintenance, the maintenance is expensive. For a German car, they're very reliable. They are expensive when maintenance comes up. That's the 2.7 liter engine. Hmm. Exactly. If you shop smart... 20 grand in your pocket you could do that car it's a five speed not a six but man that car would be such a dream to own for that price point 
and I think you would thoroughly enjoy it. It's out there. It's going to take smart shopping, but that is my craziest wild card for you, Alex. There you go. Wow. So what's the deal with you recommending all these Porsches, and here I am, the Porsche guy. That's crazy. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't own them, but I recommend them. I don't man. know what that's about. Oh, that's anyway. a fantastic choice. All right, Alex. My wild card is not a car, but it's kind of crazy. What? It is a website, and Todd and I go on all these uh, independent car dealers that have really great cars for great prices, and okay, I've got sure. a laundry list. I check them all the time, and the one that I found closest to you is Rayco Euro, RaycoEuro.com, and they're in Kingston, Pennsylvania. I pulled it up, and the first thing at the very top was a 09 Audi A4 for 20 grand, and I thought, well, pfft, there you go. Fantastic. You are some weird car website savant, man. Every I, time I talk to you, you've got like four more that I've never heard of <laughs> that have this mint stuff for a buck and a half. I don't know how you find this stuff. You're just, you've got radar for it. It's the weirdest thing ever. And we've also given somebody a free plug just now. But of anyway, course. but bravo, bravo. That. But really, it's about, we want you to find something you love. And mm -hmm. yeah, you got to do some digging. We We send each other links all the time with... Hey, yep. what about this car? And hey, I just found this. And we do this all the time. So, yeah, if you start shopping, if you start digging, don't go to the usual, usual suspects like dealership lots and that kind of thing. There's a lot yep. of independent places like this place. Yep. And, yes, free yep. shout-out. But, again, you know what? It's about finding you guys the car that you want. So that's Agreed. what we're all Agreed. about. So. Hope that was helpful to you, Alex. We probably should wrap this up somewhere close to our half-hour mark. Interesting. So or thank you guys for here. listening. Please uh, please do listen and rate and share the podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, if you're listening on Stitcher, wherever you're listening, you probably can rate it. Certainly iTunes and Stitcher both relate. When you rate it and review it, it helps it rise to the top so other people can find it. If you know people that are looking for a car or are interested in debating the cars, I mean, a lot of car enthusiasts do this debate that we do of just, okay, this much money, what would you do? Pass this podcast along. We'd love to have those yeah. folks listening and commenting. Please join us on... All right, taking a deep breath here. Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, uh, our actual website, YouTube. Anywhere you are, it is slash Everyday Driver. We are on all of those. We read every comment you send us. We read every email. If you do email us, keep in mind that it's EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. Yeah, not Everyday Driver at Gmail. That's not us. So EverydayDriverTV at Gmail is the place to send us an email. We read all email, all comments. We welcome your thoughts, especially yes. on this podcast. Yes. And of and course, check out our hey, videos. in case you don't know, we do videos. That's what we're here for. Yep. Yep. That is youtube.com slash everyday driver. Check out those videos. Go watch the GTR piece. Turn off your ad blockers when you do. <laughs> and if you can, support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash everyday driver. Take a look on there. And that is an option we're putting out there as well for, uh, for asking for your support. If you like more us videos, more. please yeah, support yeah. us there. So really, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys.